I'm dedicating this month's podcast to answering the four most common questions that I've received from nonprofit leaders, including the first one, which we'll explore today. To stay or not to stay? That's the question. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Life and Leadership with Kim Williams. I'm the CEO of Interfaith Family Services, a nonprofit that provides housing, help, and hope for families facing homelessness. I'm also the principal of Kim Williams Consulting, a change management firm that empowers nonprofits to change for the better. And I'm the author of Diary of an Insecure CEO, How I Went from Feeling Rejected to Raising Millions. I've led through a variety of organizational issues while raising over $50 million to fight poverty and learning a lot in the process. I created this podcast to share those lessons and help you to successfully navigate life and leadership. So let's get started. Happy New Year, everyone. I am so excited to be back in my office recording podcast. I can't believe that this is my 23rd episode. I've really enjoyed sharing my leadership journey with you, and I've been so appreciative of your support and feedback. I'm honored that you would listen and join me for discussions on life and leadership. This is pretty remarkable. So since I've started, I've received several questions via my IG page at Lead with Kim that have inspired the content for my most recent podcast. In fact, your questions have inspired the theme for January's episodes, which is Crucial Conversations. That's right. I'm dedicating this month's podcast to answering the four most common questions asked by other leaders And if you have a question that you want me to answer on this podcast, visit my Instagram page at Lead with Kim and send me a DM. So let's get started on this month's crucial question. It's one that many leaders are asking at the start of the new year. After spending all fall raising funds, attending events, and scrambling to meet financial goals, many nonprofit leaders are reconsidering their career choices. In fact, estimates suggest that up to 75% of the U.S.'s nonprofit leaders are planning to leave their positions in the next five to 10 years. These estimates have been reflected in my direct messages and the conversations that I've been having with leaders who admit wrestling with their decisions to leave or to stay in their executive roles in 2024. So now let's discuss whether or not to stay or to leave, and let's talk strategy. How do you determine whether or not to stay or leave? Let's talk about that. Now, I've wrestled with the question of whether or not to stay or to leave several times during my over 25-year leadership journey. So when I talk to leaders about that question, It's coming from my experience and what I've seen my colleagues and my clients do in similar situations and how it's worked out for them. So now that, you know, those years of experience have kind of come together, when I hear that question, I often ask four questions in return. 
So what are the four questions that I ask CEOs and executive directors when they're wondering whether or not that their current challenges are a sign that their tenure is coming to an end? Well, let me start with question number one. Now, question number one has several sub-questions. So I'm going to ask you the primary question and then a few sub-questions I want you to consider. Question number one, why did you take the job in the first place? It's important to go back and think about why you took the job in the first place. Did you connect with the vision? Were you excited about the work? Were you excited about the opportunity to lead? Were you lured by the prestige and the pay of the position? Did you need a job and you were just looking for a change? What was your why? How did you imagine that you would add value as a CEO? How did you want to transform the organization and its culture? Did you come in with a vision? Or did you think that you inherited an organization that was in relatively good shape and your job was to keep it that way? Were you surprised or disappointed by what you found? And most importantly, for all my fellow Christians out there, I have this question for you. Did you pray about this position? Did you feel like God led you to this role? And did you receive confirmation that you should take it? Now, I make no secret about it. I am a Christian and everything that I do of significance, I pray about it first. Because number one, I don't want to head in a direction that is not for me. And because I feel that if it's not for me, I'm not going to be able to sustain it. And so when it comes to big decisions, I pray about those first. So did you pray about it? And did you feel like that's what you're, you were led to do? If you took the job for prestige and pay in the hopes that you would be taking over a well-ran machine, you may want to reconsider if leadership or at least this assignment is really for you. I've found that the best leaders are not driven by the perks of the position. They're driven by purpose. Because the pleasure of the perks is fleeting at best. It's certainly not enough to motivate you to withstand the crisis and the criticism and the challenges that come with leadership. But when your assignment is a calling, there's a grace that comes with it. That grace provides the wisdom, strategy, and strength to deal with difficulties that come with the territory. That's not to say that the position is not going to be stressful at times, but that grace that comes with that position will cause you to walk in your calling in a way that will make you successful despite the opposition that you face. So this leads to my last sub-question. Are you successful? Even if you're stressed, are you succeeding? Could it just be that the stress is designed to keep you from noticing that you're making headway? that you're doing the doggone thing, that you're making a difference and you're just getting started. Sure, it isn't easy and nothing's perfect, but are you making progress, real progress? And if so, are you sure you want to quit now? That's question number one. What's your why? Now, question number two is a two-part question. What is your vision for the position and have you fulfilled it? If you started this position with a vision for the organization and tangible goals, have you fulfilled that vision and achieved those goals? 
Listen, confidence comes with completion. Rewards follow results. Promotion follows productivity. So if you are stressed and burnt out and disappointed, could it be because you haven't completed the work yet? If you aren't getting the respect or compensation that you feel should automatically come with the position, here's the reality. Rank is respected in the military, but results are respected in civilian life. The truth is we accepted the position and the pay. Even if we did it ignorantly, we accepted it and acceptance was our open door. But if we want promotion, After taking the position, we must produce the results that we promised. I know this sucks. (laughs) It's not what you want to hear. It's not what I wanted to hear, but it's the facts. Shortly after becoming CEO of Interfaith, I found out that I was the lowest paid CEO for a nonprofit of my size in Dallas. The lowest. I was devastated and disappointed and a little embarrassed. But I kept working because, honestly, I had no choice. I'd accepted the position at this pay, and I had just started. I accepted that reality. and Because the truth is, I'd only been working there for about 18 months. So when I found out, I had to admit, we were still struggling financially as an organization. So I kept working, and I led the organization out of, its, out of the deficit that I inherited into a surplus and significant reserves. Then I asked for a raise. It was year three. And guess what? They said no. So I put myself on the market. The board found out. And by the grace of God, I received a very significant raise, which is the first of several very significant raises that I received, most of which followed very significant accomplishments like increasing our budget, expanding our impact, building our reserves, building a new facility. So what I learned was that as I took care of the organization's business, God always took care of mine. And and what's really interesting about that is the increases that I received, it was like God was giving me what I wanted with interest. So I, I never really lost out. But it just didn't come at the pace and the way that I'd originally, you know, wanted. But it came, and it came often with interest. So question number three, is the job hurting you or is it just hard? I asked you this because one of the scriptures that I used to go to when I was really stressed about the job and when I was considering leaving was that scripture that says, the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and add no sorrow. And I would be like, listen, Lord, if this job was a blessing, if it was what I feel like you called me to do, I don't know if that scripture is feeling quite true to me right now. And then I looked at it closely. It says the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and add no sorrows. It doesn't say the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and add no stress. It says no sorrows. And according to the World Health Organization, stress is defined as a state of worry or mental tension caused by a difficult situation. In fact, they say that stress is a natural human experience or response that prompts us to address challenges and threats in our lives. They go on to say that everyone experiences stress to some degree. So that tells me that stress, at least to some degree, is normal. 
whereas sorrow is defined as a feeling of deep distress caused by loss, disappointment, or other misfortune suffered by oneself or others. So my question for you is this, are you stressed or sorrowful? Because the truth is, there are common leadership stressors that are just a part of the leadership journey, especially when you're a new CEO. So some of those stressors are learning the skills, like learning. So some of those stressors are learning new skills, like improving communication skills to deal with conflict or enhancing fundraising skills to raise additional revenue or building stronger financial management skills to make informed decisions or learning management skills that allow us to balance the demands of the new job. New leadership adventures are often stressful in that our previous successes got us the role, but the demand of the new role is causing us to become a student again. And being a student after being successful is uncomfortable. But growth is uncomfortable. And it's also a good sign that you're headed in the right direction. So there's the type of stress that's involved with stretching and growing into your new role. And then there's sorrow. Sorrow is altogether different. Sorrow, again, is defined as deep distress caused by loss, disappointment, or misfortune. So when it comes to, is this job making you sorrowful? My question would be, is the job causing you to lose more than it's allowed you to gain? Are your personal relationships with your spouse or your children suffering severely? Is your health suffering to the point that is causing you to be chronically ill? Now, I'm not talking about stress eating because stress eating is a habit and a choice that could easily be replaced by stress relieving exercise. I'm actually talking about physical illness that is manifesting in our bodies due to prolonged periods of stress or being distressed. Another question would be, are you deeply disappointed in the actual job or the experience? Do you feel like you were sold a lie or that you've reached the point in your tenure in which you can no longer meet key goals or add significant values? Are you facing misfortune or significant loss that threatens your future or the future of the organization? If so, you're in a state of sorrow. And again, that's not somewhere that you want to be. And it might just be time to go. So that's that's that question. Is it hurting you or is it just hard? Now, question number four. Now, this one's a doozy. Have you submitted to the process? I know, I know, I know. But if God sent you and you're stressed but successful and you're still not satisfied with your leadership experience, my question is, have you submitted to the process? Listen, God knows the way that we should take. He knows who and what will bring out the best in us. He knows that iron sharpens iron and that these light afflictions, which are but for a moment, are working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I know it's hard and I know it's difficult, but there are moments when we must humble ourselves and go back and serve the very people who disrespected us. Now, again, if you've read my book, Diary of an Insecure CEO, you know that I'm not just talking about it. I, was, I have been about it. 
at, there was a time early in my tenure when a third of my staff decided that the changes and the the standards and the policies and procedures that I were putting in was just too much to bear. And they went to my board and said, hey, you guys need to get rid of her. And when they went, they went anonymously, at least to me. And I remember um, talking to my board and after they determined that, hey, I was doing a good job and, and change is hard, but they, they still wanted to go with me. Um, they asked me if I wanted to know who were some of the people that complained. And I said, no, I didn't. Because I thought it would be difficult for me to serve them and to lead them knowing that they tried to um, get me fired. And one of the things that I knew for sure is that God wanted me to lead in love and forgiveness. And it was hard. And there were some days that I stumbled. There were some days that I was in staff meetings like, y'all get on my nerves. (laughs) But overall, I had to walk that thing out in a way that showed the love of God, that showed God's forgiveness, that showed that my purpose for being there wasn't personal and my purpose for implementing the policies weren't personal. And so I had to go back and humble myself and submit to the people and also the process. And it wasn't easy. But something I learned is that leaders who can only serve people who support them and punish, isolate, or get rid of people who don't aren't really leaders at all. They're dictators and they're tyrants. Real leaders can work with opposition and work despite it. We wait on God to resolve the issues and to vindicate us while we stay on the wall and we keep working. So just like the angel told Hannah when she left in the Bible, when she left because Sarah was being hard, Sarah Abraham's wife was upset that she was pregnant and she couldn't get pregnant at the time. And so she mistreated Hannah. And when Hannah ran away, what did the angel tell her? Go back and submit. Now, listen, I never said that it was fair. And believe me, it's not. But it's not about being fair. It's about being faithful. If we're faithful, God will be faithful. And I promise you, it will not last forever and the reward will be great. But there's just times that humility come before honor and we have to go back and submit at the process. So I've asked you these four questions. Let's review them. Why did you take the job? What was your vision and have you fulfilled it? Is it hurting you or is it hard? And have you submitted to the process, the development process that's required to come out on the other side? So I've asked you these questions. I've given you a lot to think about. Now I want to close with these words of support and encouragement. Okay, so after listening to this podcast, if you feel like it's time for you to go, I want you to go in peace knowing that there is nothing that you have to prove and that you don't owe anybody an explanation. There's no shame in letting go of anything that's not for you 
or anything that no longer serves you or anything you can no longer serve. It's better to let it go than to let it drag you down. But if you feel led to stay, I want to let you know that there is a freedom and grace that comes with surrendering to the will of God. First, you have to surrender the role of being the guardian of your reputation. Your work will eventually speak for itself. Let go of the tiring and distracting job of responding to every rumor, critic, or challenge and stay focused on the work. Forgive them and move forward. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the impact that we're making. And that is what the enemy is scared of. Listen, I'm all for self-care and self-preservation, but I also know that success, real success, requires sacrifice. There's just no way around it. So my question for you is this, how much do you want to succeed in this role? How badly do you want to prove to the naysayers that your vision will become a reality? How much do you want to make a real difference in the lives of others? If you want to make a difference, if you want to fulfill your calling, then don't give up. Let me leave you with this encouragement from this familiar passage, Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So let me end with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come just thanking you for every leader who is courageous enough to say yes to the calling. Thank you for equipping them, preparing them, placing in them strength they don't even know they have. Thank you for the power of surrender. Thank you for joy in in difficult situations. Thank you for peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you for provision that comes from all kinds of places and unexpected support. Thank you for always meeting our needs according to your riches and glory. I'm reminded of the scripture that says, those who trust in God will not be put to shame. We cling to that scripture. We cling to the scripture that says humility comes before honor. We cling to the scripture that says that we are more than conquerors through him who loves us and greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. We trust your plan. We don't understand it, but we trust it. And so, Father God, I pray for supernatural strength, supernatural provision, supernatural support, coming from the north, south, east, and west for those who said yes to your calling. God, don't let them faint. Just as you prayed for Peter that his faith wouldn't fail in his most difficult trial, I pray for them right now that their faith won't fail, but that they'll hold fast to you and that you will come through in a way that amazes them and everyone around them. So I thank you for it now. give you all the praise, all the glory in advance. In Jesus' name again, amen. Today's tips can be found on my website, kimwconsulting.com. Just click the resource tab in the menu. You can also find information about my consulting services and upcoming events and subscribe to my monthly life and leadership newsletter. 
If you have any questions that you want me to answer on my podcast, message me on Instagram at Lead with Kim. If you found this podcast helpful, please share, rate, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. And remember, change is inevitable, but changing for the better isn't. Change wisely. Thank you.